0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a sunny day in a rather deserted city of Westminster, it must be said, as once again, we put the topic of leadership under the microscope. I'm Scott Chaloner, and I'm joined on today's programme by Kent Vorland. Kent is the CEO of Simply Pay Me, headquartered in London. Simply Pay Me is a mobile application which takes credit and debit card payments without an expensive credit card reader or merchant account. Kent, welcome to the program and it's great to have you on the air with us today.
1: Thank you very much, Scott. It's great to be here.
0: It's an absolute pleasure having you. Now, the purpose of this podcast series is to gather together a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And leadership is something that's really being put to the test at the moment, isn't it, with the existing COVID-19 situation and various firms trying to feel their way through the crisis. Tell me, for somebody in your line of work, how has it been attempting to navigate the last few weeks? Because I can imagine it has posed uh, some real challenges.
1: Um, Most certainly. And I mean, I think that's really the the test of of strength and leadership, not not Necessarily for myself, uh, but for everybody out there, whether it is uh, companies, families, and, uh, and and households, it's uh, it doesn't matter. And in these kind of times, uh, when you get something like a global pandemic that is trying to to break just every bit of uh, every bit of the world as we know it, uh, is when it really really shines through. When you have good leadership and you see people step forward and and um, and um, and speak speak in their own voice, so to speak, and, and drive companies uh, forward.
0: Absolutely, um, everybody has really taken on their own form of leadership, and we've heard some fantastic stories as to how people, whether they've had to continue going to work on site or whether they've had to adapt to remote working, have really just got on with it and mucked in and really brought out the best in themselves. Um, have you been um quite pleasantly surprised in a way by how your colleagues have adapted to uh, the current situation as well?
1: Absolutely. I've been, uh, it's been above and beyond expectations. And I think the, I think the key is just people that you never expected to, uh, to, to, to find leadership within themselves to step forward and, and really help me drive, uh, drive things. So one thing is obviously the, the, the sort of level of leadership that I find is necessary for, for an unprecedented time like COVID is, uh, is that allocation of resources. Obviously a lot of, a lot of companies are really struggling with, uh, being short on resources and whether it's funding or um, or or um, just simply skills and expertise, whereas uh, a lot of my colleagues have have just taken on roles which I never would have asked asked them to do, which I never would have uh, put put on their plate, uh, taken on a lot of responsibility that they just uh, sort of out of their their own good hearts have uh, decided to to try and help out with both um, for myself and not to mention they've come together within the company as well, so. It's incredible to see what uh, where, where it's so bad in in some respects, and it's so uh, so tough in in some ways. It's really making people come together in others.
0: It's it's a very difficult experience, but do you think there are a lot, quite a few positives um, to actually draw from this experience of having people going out of their comfort zones and really doing all they can to sort of keep that business moving forward?
1: Absolutely, and you know, I'm, I'm from from back in Norway. I'm, I'm Norwegian by uh, Heritage, but so, so born and raised in Norway. And back there, we have a couple of sayings around the seeing the silver lining of of things, and nothing so bad is not good for something. And if there's one thing that really has come through, it's uh, it, it's the surprise and impressive uh, ways that people find productivity and efficiency under circumstances that you've never you've never seen before, even myself included. Uh, I'm I'm not really the working from home type, uh, but it's it's really something that teaches you. How, um, how effective, uh, you can be under certain circumstances, how much you can push yourself to, to really drive through under certain circumstances when you, when you have to. And the team has been excellent, uh, out of it has obviously come, um, a lot of digital virtual, um, togetherness, if you will. So despite mm-hmm. not being able to actually physically see each other, we don't get to have that same connection as we used to, where, where I'm, I'm, I'm used to working very personally with both my, uh, my colleagues, my partners, everything uh, that you could that you could think of, and uh, despite not being able to have that, to have that connection with with everybody you work with and work through, it's um, it's really been amazing to see the adaptation to to the virtual world that we're going to be living in for quite a bit longer. It seems like.
0: And it's a challenge for business leaders, isn't it? Especially like yourselves who like to have that kind of close-knit feel within their businesses to try and maintain that, especially at a distance when everybody is working from home. Because sometimes um, I think we've taken prior to this crisis that sort of physical contact for granted. And maybe it's a little bit more difficult to to, to sort of get certain points across and nuanced feelings, um, if you will, over a video call as opposed to actually being there in front of somebody in person. And that's something that a leader also has to consider.
1: It really is, and you know everybody who knows me in whether it's industry or, or personally, they they know that I'm very much a face to face kind of kind of person. Uh, if I'm if I'm working on commercials, commercial negotiations, or partnerships, or if I'm just hosting a meeting or a board meeting, anything anything of uh, any any sort of interaction, that I, I do prefer the face to face simply because you get the you get the humanity involved and the characteristics of of people, and it just brings a whole different level of atmosphere to whatever it is that you're doing and. Not to mention, it brings a a whole new level of credibility and trust to everybody you're doing it with. And uh, I think what I'm finding is, and what everybody's finding uh, that I'm working with and a lot of the companies that I deal with, is that um, once faced with the option, once faced with with a lack of options, not to go meet people, you are are kind of finding new ways of navigating uh, meetings and, and virtual reality to really try and get as much out of it as you can, even on the humanity side of, of things. So you can actually try to get uh, get get closer to people despite being through a screen. I mean, it's very interesting to see how so many companies and uh, and, and um, associations out there are doing virtual pub quizzes. They're doing little house parties. They're doing uh, the Friday happy hours. So they're really trying to make the absolute most of, uh, of isolation. Even if you're sitting back home and... Uh, by yourself. It's uh, it's an incredible little community to take part of.
0: Exactly right. And um, I think this is something that's going to be really important to hold dear going forwards, isn't it? Because this is something that's going to be the case for quite a while. And if um, the words of some people are to be believed, it could well be almost a new normal for us in the way that we work and the way that we do business going forwards. And business is going to have to adapt in line with that.
1: They absolutely do. And uh, I think you'll find and a lot of businesses are going to are going to have found a lot of positives coming out of it as well. I mean, you, you always want to try to focus on the silver lining, and particularly around again, I keep mentioning efficiency because I really think that's where the big uh, the big push is going to be once coming out of this, where you notice that uh, a lot of the the meetings that you spend two hours traveling to and have and having um, they, they they could be a phone call or they could be virtual, and a lot of the things that a lot of the commuting that you do very often could be done virtually. So. It's uh, coming out of it, I think we're going to see a a pretty big spike, not necessarily spike, but uh, coming out of it, we're not going to see a drop in efficiency. We're going to see a lot more uh, companies go to the virtual realm. And uh, I doubt that we'll go back to the same levels of physical contact as it was before, and at least not for a very, very long time to come. Mm.
0: And we talked an awful lot there um, about um, your own leadership style, Kent, and the way that you've adapted that well to uh, cope with the uh, the current situation. Um, but what would you say have been some of the influences behind that style of leadership that you've taken on in your career?
1: So I think the, uh, the you know without without bringing on the cliche of uh, of uh, family and growing up and, and my mother and so on and so forth, but uh, we obviously have played a large part in in my role of, of leadership. But I think the um, the real key and the real change in in my leadership style was when I used to work on Wall Street. So I was on I was on Wall Street for a year uh, over in New York in the States, and I had I came from from I came from the military back in Norway uh, before starting to work there, and uh, and I came with a very sort of strict, almost um, typical uh, armed, Air Force officer leadership style, where it's very uh, very concise you say they do, it's delegation, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, most people have seen some some level of uh, military leadership, whether it's through a movie or what what else. And uh, I had a a boss that was very, very um, charismatic in uh, in New York, and he was very unorthodox, if you will. And he had an incredibly um, just liberating style of leadership. He was working on Wall Street amongst some of the biggest sharks in the world, so to speak, and he was Generally, normally showing up in uh, anything from Hawaii shirt, gold chains, that type of thing. And he was that—he was the most excellent um, salesperson I think I've ever seen in my life. And uh, that will always—that was that will always remain. And he was so—he was so caring, and he was so forward to everybody he worked with. He took—he he always made sure that they came first, despite we saw stories every day around us um, around how people got sort of um, they got thrown under the bus, or they were—it was all about self-interest. With him, he was always he was the best at what he did and at the same time he managed to pull everybody else along with him that's when i really saw the power of being a, being a leader but also at the same time being personable with people and that, you know even though it sounds it almost sounds a bit uh dodgy to say it but once you have a once you establish a personal relation uh, relationship with whether it's your colleagues or or someone you're working with or someone you're negotiating commercials with you will have an edge on everybody else everybody Does most people do prefer working with someone they know and trust? And that once you've sort of come to the point of sharing um, any kind of personal details and and stories with each other, then all of a sudden you you will always have an edge over everybody else. And sometimes, uh, obviously, there are you you will notice there are people who do not like the informal approach. In which case, sure, I can adapt to uh, to stay to the formalities. But uh, in ninety ninety eight percent of the cases. the uh when the walls come down people are more comfortable uh people share more people are more um, and, and people are more prone to to trust you and want to want to work with you so it's, it's um it's a trade off as is everything else but as far as, as what fits me and i think i hope my colleagues will agree <laughs> is uh is that this kind of leadership style is absolutely my uh my go-to
0: Mm. And I think there's a lot to be said for that example as well, because there are quite a few people out there that may look at corporate leadership and think of it as being quite cutthroat. And it's when you have instances such as this, where you have somebody who's a bit of a visionary, who takes a very different sort of approach to that, that are some of the biggest yeah. influences. And they are some of the best mentors as well, aren't they? People who take that very people-orientated approach. And not just people in business, it's also people who, like you say, are parents as well and have influences on their children. And there's a lot to be said for that within leadership too.
1: Absolutely, and having having been someone who came from first military and then through to corporate before going into the startup world uh, there there are there are plenty of of typical very sort of um stereotypical cutthroat leadership types that are very good at what they do and they have been very successful at what they do uh, but i also think it's important to note that uh, you know as as much uh, being a part of this pod- podcast is changing with the times because the times are, are changing and I, the the cutthroat sort of uh, almost uh, let's let's say bullying to really take it to the extreme is just not sustainable anymore. You, mm-hmm. People are much more um, open. People are much more um, protected these days from sort of emotional abuse than they used to be. People are people just won't take it anymore. And um, I do believe that it, there needs to be a very clear cut limit, as in I can <laughs> if I'm. If I'm having fun with my team i can act like a child just like anybody else, but no, I don't think anybody you talk to who knows me will be will have any doubt as to far things far things uh, can go until I need to step in and be sort of that um take it take sort of put my foot down and have that bit more of a harsh sort of leadership style So it's, I think it's just up to each individual leader uh to how far they can actually take it before they lose control of it. So if you're able to keep the balance and you're able to be that personable to people and you're able to uh, have that connection with people, but you're also able to recognize when that is not efficient or when that allows others to take advantage of you, then you're in, a, in sort of a good position. But if you are trying to be personable and, and, and you sort of cross the line to gullible, then all of a sudden you're losing all that credibility that you're trying to build up. And likewise, if you're trying to be too cutthroat, then at this in this day and age people know that you don't really need to take that in order to move forward whereas back in the day uh typical again going back to new york there there's still a little bit of that stigma of you need to you need to expect to have two three four years as a as a grunt worker as a sort of someone to who who's being stepped all over before you can even mm-hmm. expect to think about moving up the ranks so it's all about that balance really
0: and um, if you were to um, give some experience, um, well, advice rather, to um, those younger generations of aspiring leaders who are um, looking to embark on their own um, leadership roles in future, what sort of advice would you give them um, based upon the experience that you've had um, in those different styles of leadership, Kent?
1: Yes, yeah, uh, in order to sort of try and avoid the, uh, the typical cliche of uh, you can dream it, you can do it. <laughs> I'll try to. The, the, the best thing I can say is managing expectations, managing your own expectations and sort of knowing what it is that you're going into. Um, I've always, in many ways, been the kind of person who's taken on probably a bit more than I can chew and then try to sort of use the, sort fake of it till you make it almost type of thing where I, I got, get into something and then probably take on too much, but then eventually I get, get on with it and, and manage to to adapt to it. And, uh, what people need to be prepared for is that things like COVID can happen, things like uh, toxic, highly toxic people can happen and work environments, in which case, if you had, particularly if you haven't really been exposed to that kind of environment before, then it's something that can really break you down. And I think you, uh, one thing I, I do a lot is uh, I share quite a bit about my own uh, journey through, uh, through being a leader and, and the mental health journey, because that's the biggest, uh, aspect of it all, and it's what I respect a lot, and I think a lot of people need to focus on, is uh, treating their mental health, making sure they stay positive. And one of the bits that I wrote an article about is something I call the pebble analogy, which uh, is something everybody needs to be prepared for. And that is, if you don't have the um, the right people around you, that can be detrimental. So if I start, for instance, start throwing little pebbles at you, uh, and I and time is not a concept and I just keep throwing them, keep throwing them, and you can't, there's nothing you can do to stop me. If you're by yourself, then eventually those pebbles will just, in, in the beginning, those pebbles will feel like it'll be a nuisance. It'll be annoying. You'd like them to stop. If I keep going, it's going to break down your clothes. It's going to break down your skin. It's going to break down your muscle. And every every little pebble at the end of it is going to feel like a gunshot. And it's going to be detrimental to your own mental health because you don't have anybody to help you stop it, and you don't have any way of getting out of it. So that's what what I think is the most important thing. If you have young leaders who are just getting into it, uh, or for, by all means, it could be experienced leaders who are just experiencing it. That level of anxiety, that level of um, that level of helplessness, they need to have people who can take some of those pebbles. They need to have a very healthy environment to help steer away those pebbles and eventually, actually, uh, so that they can focus on the right things, so they can heal or if they if they've never been broken in the first place, so that they don't uh get broken in the future it's uh, so it's uh it, it, by all means you, this could probably be a podcast of its own, but I think that's really one that has has brought the most to uh to myself to put things into perspective and uh and its it's a very important one because under the right circum under the wrong circumstances sorry it's uh it's something that can really break a person and it's something that i don't I wouldn't wish on my uh worst enemy.
0: I think there's a lot to be said for um, the importance of uh, mental health um, and these considerations uh, there Kent and I think it's also quite um, important that we do recognise that there's much more of a focus on that going forward um, at this present time since we've had this period of self-reflection where we are all working from home and uh, if we continue to think about that future for a moment before we do wrap things up on the uh, the programme today, do give me an idea as to what you envision the next 12 months will hold for yourself and for Simply Pay Me as a business but also about your ambitions for after the pandemic as well, because we are also looking beyond COVID-19 now, especially with the announcement of uh, Boris Johnson's uh, roadmap out of the lockdown going forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So SimpliPayMate has not only had its own uh, point of sale in the market for quite a while, but we have moved over in in, in the last 12 months, months, done a lot of restructuring, and we've uh, been focusing on becoming a payment tech provider as well. So in the next 12 months, we're really going to be seeing. Uh, we've got a pipeline where we're going to be seeing some um, some some great announcements. I'm uh, very. I, I can't wait to to get to that point uh, where we will be. We're, we're basically moving over to to be delivering payment technology for large, larger corporations that want to serve their SMEs better. So rather than us um, being our own brand, we want to make sure that we're the engine in the background uh, to to help others that, that want to have a, a solution to offer a full package to their to their merchants. And, uh, you know, COVID has really been interesting for us because where we've obviously seen some of our partners deprioritizing this, uh, we've seen other new ones come in because we have a solution that allows merchants and SMEs to to accept payments, but with doing so with uh, zero chance of exposure. They can do it from the comfort of their own home or Mm. they can do it from from their car while they're on the street taking their daily exercise. So it's uh, it's been interesting to see what... um, how people now are coming to us with uh, really wanting a solution that can do that to avoid uh, avoid any risk, and also obviously we have. Uh, I'm very proud of the team. So our speed to market is, is is unparalleled, and uh, and in uh, the next 12 months are going to be really interesting, both from a uh, commercial side, the partnership side, and uh, just a um, a really ramping up of operations side. So we're going to see a lot more. A lot more to uh, simply say me and its affiliates for the next uh, 12 to 18 months.
0: It certainly seems as if there's a great deal of ambition there, Kent. And what I think would be fantastic, even though we are just out of time on today's programme, is to perhaps um, in the next few months um, have you back on the air with us just to look at how those plans are um, essentially panning out and maybe even catch up on how the business is getting on as well. Um, But I have to say for now, um, it's been a really insightful experience and also an absolute pleasure having you on the programme with us today. And thank you ever so much once again for taking the time to come onto the air and speak with me.
1: No, thank you very much, Scott. And I'd absolutely love to give you an update in a few months' time.
0: It would be an absolute pleasure having you back on the air with us, So Thank you ever so much once again. It's been a fantastic experience having you. Thank you very much, Scott that was Kent Vaughan, the CEO of Simply Pay Me. Coming up next on the programme today, I'll be handing over to Jonathan White for his exclusive interview with England's 1966 Football World Cup hero, Sir Geoff Hurst, a former professional footballer who played as a forward. Sir Geoff scored over 200 league goals during his professional club career for the likes of West Ham United and Stoke City, but notably, he remains the only man to this day to have scored a hat-trick in the final of a World Cup, following his treble in England's 4 2 win over West Germany at the Old Wembley Stadium 54 long years ago now. I hope you enjoy listening just as much as Jonathan enjoyed speaking with Sir Jeff and that's coming up next. Uh, We're now joined uh, though by former
2: England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final, Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, Thank you very much for coming on today.
3: Uh, You're welcome, you're welcome. Good afternoon. That's griping or moaning about the system, and if you've got people like that in your organisation, one thing I have learned, and I've taken it on in my life and my family, if you've got somebody in a group that doesn't want to be part of it. You, you get them out. And Alpha I think, was was quite ruthless of that and his staff. And I think that's one thing. I, one of the most serious ones. I think I've learnt over a long period of time.
2: And is there? Do you think? Uh... whilst it's important to have that someone in charge with those quantities, it's almost useless if there isn't a strong and unified team behind them. And there really must have been moments, maybe there weren't, but uh, let us know, in that 66 competition, the prolonged pressure on all of you, you know, the weight of a nation, did it get to you?
3: Well, not for me personally, no. I, I think, and I don't, uh, not for me, not for a second, I think... Mm.
2: uh, well, you want me tell you true. if you want. You want, you've got time? I've been I can tell you if You want Jeff? Go on. Go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay, so I was uh, doing a, a at a dinner in, in the Channel
3: lines, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, guest of honour. On this occasion, I was speaking for about twenty minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening. And there was usual football questions, and then all of a sudden, I heard a somebody at the back who
2: and we, you've got to have a patient of a saint, I think, sometimes to put up with <laughs> well, things no, like that. I, just, but I again,
3: found it amusing. I just found it amusing. In fact, some of the audience found it highly amusing as well, so it did, uh, um, it did but make it again, laugh that
2: If you can put, put up with my questions, you can probably put up with uh, anything. <laughs> um, but there, there would have become a point, though, um, Jeff, I think um, you, you were a young man when...
3: Looking at There's that, so many. yeah, so many, and that's why we we're successful because we had so many um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team. I think that that was outstanding, and uh, uh, and it's an opportunity to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. And there was nobody. i going back to an earlier earlier question for me: the um, all hard-nosed professionals, good good teammates, mm. good socially.
2: Excellent. Uh, Another time, uh, it would be great to talk again.
3: Thank, Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you.
0: This has been the Leaders' Council podcast. Thank you for celebrating excellence in leadership with us. I've been your host, Scott Chaloner. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to our podcast.